Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. I have several friends who live in the Middle East, in countries like Egypt, Lebanon, Turkey, etc. The other day, they posted some very sad pictures of war-wounded children and stories about Christians being kicked out of Iraq. They asked, doesn't anyone know about this? Doesn't anyone care? Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, is here to both reveal and care. Lincoln, the time is yours. Well, where do you start on the Middle East? It's an old story, and even if in the West, historic knowledge is in short supply, I know the people there, they remember, remember, and and some of that remembrance is a bit violent. And uh, I I was interested the other day, I think it was was either El Sisi from Egypt or a major figure in Egypt said triumphantly, the Arab Spring is over. Mm. My wife does it to me now and then, but an I told you so is not, ever very satisfying (laughs) but it seems to me when this whole thing started anyone with a little knowledge of history would have had at the very least a suspicion it would turn out well at least in the short term and at the moment Egypt is back to a uh, dictatorship Mm -hmm. albeit a dictator that's very popular Libya is is back to the Mm. civil war Syria is it seems like perpetual civil oh, war. It's my, stabilized to the my. point of just a constant killing where the Christians, are, are among others, are being uh, expelled in large numbers if they're not killed. And Iraq, George Bush got a lot of heat for saying uh, the war's over, but I'm, I'm afraid the present president was a little guilty of it. He pulled us out and declared it over, but mm. it's just starting up again. Yeah. I've been lecturing a couple of people in my office who would listen to me, and, and <laughs> I don't know what they think of what I say. I'm probably written off as... Just a babbling, talking head, but it seems to me what's happening in Iraq isn't fully explained. Mm. Uh, the U.S. really never did subdue Iraq, and the surge was not what stabilized it. Mm. It was a decision by the U.S. military to throw their lot in with one of the religious factions that were battling it out. Mm. We threw a lot in with the Shiites, which was a huge mistake, apart from any religious consideration, but we did it, I think because Saddam Hussein and uh, his faction were largely Sunnis. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to keep the Ba'athists under control. But the Shiites, historically in Islam a little bit more warlike, of course had a a sponsor across the border in Iran. And so for us to enable the Shiites coming to power was to, curiously for those following current events, where we hear all the time that the U.S. is trying to restrict Iran, it empowered them in a massive way in the Middle East. So I'm inclined to think, even though all we hear are panic reports of Baghdad about to fall and the the efforts of the U.S. in the war being undone, I'm inclined to think that, first of all, Saudi Arabia is behind this and that the U.S. is secretly very happy Mm. because this will uh, turn back Iranian influence and in a religious sense, establish Sunni, the, curiously, or historically, the more uh, mainline slash pacifist, well, pacifist, the wrong word, the more <laughs> <laughs> middle, middle of the road. But again, the story is between Shiites and Sunnis, it's a mass killing. So here's Islam turning on itself for a political goal, but 
they understand the religious distinctions. It's all over uh, militancy of the religion and starting from who was the successor to Muhammad. So it's it's an internal religious discussion and fighting over different holy uh, spots and, and uh, Ali, the martyr. It's not given to me in 15 minutes to explain Islam to people, but this is a true religious internal conflict that's written to the political fortunes of the Middle East. But short term, it's probably going to lead to an element of, of stability, curiously enough. Hmm. Hmm. It will rein in the, the mullahs in Iran, and it may bring uh, Iraq back to at least a slightly more moderate view. But in the meantime, people are dying by the uh, thousands. Yes. In the meantime, and it's worth mentioning, there's no reason that any of this lets the heat off the Christians in Iraq. One million of them before the Second Gulf War. Last time I heard, 200,000. Mm -hmm. We need to think of Christians, not the only persecuted religious group in the world, but in the Middle East, very much to the fore. So, yes, where is the Middle East going? You know, I read in, in the Old Testament of the Bible, and while it focuses on Israel, it certainly says nothing to suggest peace and prosperity in that part of the world. That's Agitations, true. True. the warlike nature of Esau's descendants, a wild man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll have letters from people. Because I know there's some wonderful people that come from the Middle East. But as far as the tribal dynamic and, and political uh, misfortunes in the Middle East, a lot of which have been exacerbated by the great powers, Britain, France, they've messed around with their royalty. The Crusades, you go back a bit further, were not done from high and holy purposes. All of these mixes, many of them of religious nature, have created this toxic brew where there's hardly any winners or losers. Well, there's plenty of losers, but no yes, real winners. Yes, yeah. So we need to pray for that because it's not given to me or Liberty Magazine or any religious liberty activist to, to say how this will be solved. But we need to keep raising the alarm that there's no winners and that there's religious persecution on all sides, mm -hmm. Sunni against Shiite, both of them against Christians both of those Islamic functions against minorities within their own culture in Iran. There's a number of religions that have a little bit of Islam in it, a little bit of, mm. of paganism. Some even have Christian influences. They're all persecuted quite viciously at times. I don't know the solution to it. We had a scene on, on, when I was in Europe a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago now, but Pope Francis took it upon himself while he was right, in Israel right, to uh, right. say that he would broker a peace between the the Palestinians and the Israelis. And of course, in Israel, they're bombing the Gaza Strip. Yes, they are. And who's the victim or who's the aggressor there? It's hard to know. I mean, if you define it from two weeks ago, you might say it's easy, but if you go back 10 years, harder. There's sort of an intractable situation that looks political, but at root, most of it is religious. I used to live in Beirut, and uh, I was in the middle of all that for a while, and I know exactly what you're talking about there. These problems are not surface problems. They are embedded 
in hearts. They are embedded in minds. They are part of the of the the breath, the, the oxygen over there. It's in the water. There is this animosity against other people who are, that is so strong, it's almost you can almost feel it when you walk down the street. It's just there. How on earth do you get in there and change that? And how as Christians are we supposed to get in there and change it? I know. I, I may have mentioned it on this program before, but you bring me to mind of a discussion I had with a uh, Christian family I met in Bermuda. And they had lived in, in Beirut, but mm-hmm. they got out. And this grown man is in his 30s now, but he says his, his family got out because every day he and his siblings had to get on the school bus and go to school and uh, they had Christian names, and the bus driver would ask their name. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, by the name, you're known. He says, and then we had to drive through uh, a Muslim area, and he says, my parents were just in dread and fear oh. that we would be pulled off the bus. Just a kid, not known by anyone, but their name would, in certain cases, seal their destiny. Yes, See, yes. There'd be violence against them just because of their name. Yes, we don't know that sort of thing generally in, in the Christian West, but we've gone through those phases, and perhaps we can uh, communicate some lessons that we'll learn there. That's the important thing, to communicate those lessons. We need to just really be diligent in our lives here in this land of freedom to keep that from happening, because it can happen here. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. There's no easy solution, and generally I don't think there's a solution, because the, the Bible says, and I think human nature analyzed, tells us that these things will just rock on and perhaps even get worse till the end of time. It doesn't mean that we accept the status quo and in small or even larger ways we can minimize it. And I believe, and I say it a lot with religious liberty, the question is not religion. And, And as I said in another program, it's not forcing others to accommodate us or to project our religion through either force or political force. The question ultimately has to be spirituality mm. and protecting that, cherishing that. And if spirituality is present in a religious identity, then it will automatically, in my view, moderate the whole situation. Yes. But religious identity without spirituality, what's at work then? As the Bible says, the natural heart of man, which is wicked, yeah. selfish, yeah. violent at times. Mm-hmm. So the, that's our best protection. But, you know, I'm not foolish we know that you can't just snap your fingers and it goes away but we can at least reverse this trend of centuries even millennia in the in these areas what well, we're at the other direction because certain external forces have uncorked the bottle if you yes, like and yes i was watching the other day a tv program i used to like i dream of genie yes but, you know that, i think they gave the wrong idea to westerners because the stories from the Middle East about genies, they were usually uh, more gins, and they were to be feared when they came out of the bottle. <laughs> and so these, these things that lurk within the musty uh, antiquity, you know, oil, geopolitical rivalries between Russia and the West and so on, even our own uh, battle against what was once a fairly rogue radical group, Al-Qaeda, within Islam, or, or well, actually initially using a minor group, the Taliban, against and at great power. We've sort of uncorked it. And uh, I don't know how anyone can put it back in the bottle again. Mm-hmm. And I do believe if anyone reads Liberty, they can see that I'm always drawing an analogy between radical Islam and, and the Taliban and that phenomenon and a similar parallel development within Western uh, religious political activism. Mm-hmm. It's not to be equated directly, but there is a certain parallel in mindset and hardening of the attitude and and 
ultimately a recourse to some of the same methods. And we need to resist this. Mm. How important it is that we become vigilant, vigilant every day and vigilant every night and just constantly on the lookout for protecting the freedoms that we have and nurturing the freedoms of others as well. Lincoln Steed, any last words for us today? Well, I'll I'll give a a statement from... uh Winston Churchill, that he applied to Russia, but I think it applies to the Middle East. He says it's a riddle wrapped in an enigma. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we can discuss it, but at at root, it's almost humanly insoluble. But Mm. we can pray for those who are standing for their faith, and there are many faiths there. And we can pray for uh, those that are charged with dealing with these issues to work fervently toward peace, not for political advantage. All right. Very good. Prayer is the answer in this case. www.libertymagazine.org for more information on these and other topics. Subscribe to the magazine, libertymagazine.org. Lincoln, thank you as always. Always a pleasure. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.